Hi, and welcome back to the Village Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Njabulun Zabande. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. This is episode number 42. Uh, in this week's episode, I'm chatting with uh, Mike Ledwick from Storm Trading. How are you doing? Yeah, I can't complain, Jabula. Had a good day at the market today. Um, yeah, good in yourself. How are you doing? I'm very, very good. Uh, at least uh, my, my PNL is looking better with the bounce today. Um, <laughs> so it's 40, yeah. the top 40 looking looking quite good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the penny stocks are also um, starting to, the, the mid-cap stocks are start, starting to pick up as well. No, definitely. It was a decent day, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think US markets have obviously been flying and I think we, we've we actually do a bit of a bit of a decent run for us. Um so yeah, let's see what happens going forward. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the S and P is looking quite uh, S and P five hundred is looking quite good. Um, Incredibly good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, um, let's just straight into into some questions, man. Um, what got you first interested into into the financial markets? I think what got me into financial markets initially was you know the allure of you know making money quite quickly. <laughs> I think uh, trading is is obviously. One of the best vehicles to doing that. I I studied a degree at UCT. I did the business science, finance, and accounting. Um, but I actually played a I played a lot of sport. I played a lot of rugby, and rugby was my focus and my my passion initially. Um, so I had a few friends that had, that had you know dabbled in trading. I think most guys at varsity, you know, they they have a little bit of a go. Um, and I never really got into it. And then finally, I you know I just sort of spent a bit of time looking. I actually spent a lot of time um, horse betting and betting on rugby matches and cricket matches. And I found out that, you know, the odds don't lie half the time. Um, and yeah, and then I found my way about 10 years ago into uh, to storm trading and uh, yeah, sort of just took it from there. Um, I think Oh, getting back to it, I think the exciting part of it is, you know, the entrepreneurial side to it, uh, that if you treat the trading as your business, you know, it's sort of, it's uncapped, you know, so it's up to you in terms of what you want to achieve. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I'll look to some of the things now, but I think that's that's pretty much what got me into excited or into into trading. Ah, awesome, man. Um, uh, and how, how were the first years, uh, like uh, 10 years ago when you started out? They were particularly hard and challenging, and I'm actually quite grateful that they were really hard because I think it's important that you hear, you actually learn your your craft in in difficult times. Well, what I mean by difficult, there was the volumes, the volatility in 2011. You know, it was it was really really tough. Um, you know, so if you know nowadays guys talk about making these massive sums of money on Twitter. Uh, it's because the volumes and the the opportunities are there. Back then, it was you know you you playing like you're happy to make five hundred rand, a thousand rand, yeah, whatever, before you you know pick up your skill set. Um, so I would say it really was difficult, and there were many times where I was saying, yes, I don't know if this is for me. I, <laughs> I think it's often uh, that's the whole thing about this trading game. It's about you know keeping keeping getting getting up from from the punches. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, assuming you were you were punched quite a bit, uh, what what got you to, to 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 keep on persisting and to say um, I'm going to keep trying until I'm successful at this? Okay, Jabulo, I think the thing was I, I 
you know, started enjoying the process. So I think the whole thing was changing my mindset from my PNL to actually enjoying getting up in the morning, being excited, watching where Asia was trading, seeing where the commodity prices were, and actually enjoying that process more than what uh, you know, trying to chase money uh, in your PNL. So I think that's that sort of kept me going. And then obviously it is nice to make money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I think I think that was then it was that that I was like, sure, you can actually do quite well and you can enjoy it, you know. So that was getting that balance together because I think to be sustainable in this job, you know, or trading, it needs to be something that you really love and that you day in and day out, you can actually, even if you've lost on the day, you can go, yes, I actually did my, I hit my stops. I did this right. And you can actually pat yourself on the back for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was one of those people that thought uh, um, trading was quite easy, but uh, I actually <laughs> underestimated how hard um, or how much hard work is required uh, from, from, from you yeah. as a trader. Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, I would say, in terms of, um, yeah, there's a lot of discipline, I think, that's required. Uh, and I think that's, at the moment, you know, I think if you look on Twitter, Dave Portnoy and these guys in the States, you know, they're like, stocks only go up but you know that that is a factor of of you know of liquidity in the market you've got <laughs> these central banks printing so much cash that you know it's very hard not to miss but when it gets challenging and when the environment shifts i think this is where it gets quite serious and you'll see the real guys separate from the you know overnight uh, one hit wonders or six month oaks who who made a quick buck and it's you know it gets brutal but so I'd say with me, you know, a lot of it has been patience, waiting for the right setups, um, watching the market. It's it's good not to have a position on. It's really, really good sometimes just to watch and be a, you know, just literally sit there. It's like a five-day test match, you know? You, yeah, yeah. You know, nothing's really happening, but you're grinding away. You know, you're either, you're working out something, something that's going to shift quickly in the market. So I think that's where, you know, I think that's what differentiates a lot of guys, uh, you know, keeps them going. Um yeah, I mean, in terms of what what turned me to get profitable after you know a long period of time, I think it was that pattern recognition. So you can identify setups, you can identify patterns, and then go with it. Which which uh, which can you know over time you see the same setup and you're willing to to act on it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know patterns as much as they repeat themselves. Uh, um, with 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 a greater probability of of you know success, um, in, in at least in the early years, how did you go through a periods where, uh, for example, you were getting like false breakouts where the pat the patterns continue to re to repeat themselves, but they were not as profitable yeah. because you know, uh, uh, you know, wins and losses come uh, those clusters come at random. Yeah. Um... 100%. I mean, hugely frustrating. Uh, you know, so obviously, I, I think a lot of us use obviously technical analysis and as you alluded to false breakouts. I mean, you end up throwing, you want to throw your keyboard away. Um, there's, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a patience game. Um, and it's a game where I think you need to be prepared to to understand the risk that you're taking on. So often when you get out, you have these false breakouts. If you understand, you know, why you're in the trade and everything's lined up, you know, you're more inclined to hold on to them or not cut those positions as uh, radically. So I think if you're in control, as I say, in control of your trade, 
which no one is, but if you you know feel that it's fine, I can I can get my hit my stops and or put my limits in there where I know I can create. Then it creates sort of like a confidence and those false breakouts and stuff. You you don't get swayed by them. I think the biggest thing is the market tries to sway you because <laughs> you know everyone's watching the same prices, so they yeah. know where your stop loss is, and they go, "Come, we're going to test you, buddy." <laughs> and they often do that. They go. Right, bang, through your price, you out, and you're like, whew, finished, and then it reverses. I mean, this happens all day. Um, but you must remember, you're playing against, when you're playing in the market, you're playing against everyone. Like, everyone's watching those prices, so it's never too low or it's never too high. Um, so I think respect for that and understanding that you are not bigger than the game known is. Um, I've seen some of the most incredible traders get humbled um, so I think keeping humble, uh, keeping to your stop losses and understanding what you're putting at risk, you know, the, I mean, you saw, I don't know if you heard with that, our gas capital and with that, that, um, Korean fund man, um, fund manager blew up their, their accounts. I mean, some incredible, brilliant guys go from hero to zero. So you're not, uh, you know, you and your little account or your big account, you're not going to, you're going to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually did re- uh, um uh, saw that story but didn't read through it, but I I kind of got mm. why he 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 blew up blew up. Maybe my my, my yeah. best guess is that he was leveraged to the hilt. Um if you're gonna make twenty billion still, yeah. be, uh, if you're gonna lose twenty billion in a in a few days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, trading psychology is like a, a buzzword in, in our market. Um what does it mean to you and um how do you align your mental framework uh, um, to your trading process? So, I mean, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing is, you know, I think you've got in this game, the only thing you do have is your mind. Um, so you really need, need to work on your mental, your, you know, your mental strengths to it. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's something that's different for everyone. Um, I think you, for, for, you know, the sort of mantra that we have here at Storm, you know, it's just to you know, keep green days, stringing those green days because it, you know, creates a confidence, it creates, you know, like a, a mental edge to, to, to your days and keep your losses, you know, obviously a percentage of what you can make on a day. So don't go and, you know, go out there and, um, and get, get, get smashed. I mean, the analogy that I'd like to use is in terms of trading on a month. So we sort of do month to month because you, you're doing this for a living. You need to make a monthly salary or whatever you create your salary. So, I mean, you use it as like, uh, you know, going into to open the batting in a cricket match. Mm-hmm. And you don't go there and you don't come down the wicket and try to hit the <laughs> for six. I mean, some acts do, like Chris Gale would. But, uh, you you know, you work your singles. You work it down to third man. You try, like, you know, get your eye in. That's what I like to say. Get yeah. your eye in. Put something on the board. You know, start the month off. Be positive. And then from there, once you've got your eye in, you start seeing it a bit clearer maybe and you can attack some of the spinners. Or someone, you know, you can really start going. So that's the analogy that I like to use. And then you, you know, this is not a get rich quick. I mean, it's like <laughs> you really have to. A lot of guys. I mean, that's why the market actually frustrates me so much at the moment because, you know, there's a lot of participants that are just getting rich or making a lot of money very quickly, and actually don't understand the real, um, you know, sort of grinding out of day-to-day operations, which. Which, if you want to do it for a living, that's what you got to do. You know, you've got to be consistent and you've got to be sustainable. 
so yeah and then i think the next thing is just to you've got to end up brainwashing yourself positive you've got to keep positive <laughs> because <laughs> it's like you've just got to keep telling yourself and and that you you know you can do this um and and reaffirming that i think that's really important uh, in this game i often listen to as many podcasts as i can just you know with positive you know guys chatting and, and telling you that you can do it because you can i mean every day everyone's got the same set of numbers in front of you and it moves that percent so you know if you really want to you can you can make something each day yeah, yeah. and um you know i like the analogy with with uh, um um the 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 cricket analogy um you know I find that uh, you know your your main goal as a trader is to stay in the crease for as long as possible, and if you stay in the uh, in the crease for as long as possible, the time is eventually going to come, you know. But it's not going to come if if, yeah. you, if if you're not in the pitch. Hundred um, percent. From from a from a, 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 a confidence perspective, how how do you deal with uh, uh, quiet days and quiet months where uh, you know come end of the month you're down on the month, uh, mm. you know. Now you have you down and you have to withdraw um, to, to, to to you know to eat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the way to deal with that, especially in like you, you know, I, I I diarize a lot of your trades, and you really need to focus on where you know what's what's you know. It's important to know where you're going wrong. So you know, sometimes you can get unlucky on a month. So there's a difference between getting unlucky or you know being being a bit uh, um, you know a bit lackadaisical. So uh, you know, I would say dealing with with being not down on a month and being down on consecutive months. I think your your mindset and your you know needs to change, uh, and you need to be aware of it. So you get these guys, you know, you'll come in and just make the same mistake, or you'll have a vendetta against a stock. You'll be like, right, no, stand it back for <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm buying this thing now. I don't care. And the seller's massive, you know. So I think detaching yourself from that, understanding where you're going wrong. And then, I mean, I think you, you know, dealing with losses is a really, it's a psychological thing, you know. It's, it's a really challenging thing. I think you need to make sure that if you're going to lose or if you have lost, that, you, that is 50% of what you can make. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. If you know that you can make X amount, then don't go and blow two X of what you can make. Rather, know that you can lose half X and then you can get it back, you know, yeah. and more. So I think stay within your, your perimeters and your risk perimeters. Um, and then from there, I think, you know, you can be more comfortable with, with losing. You know, it's something that I don't think you should be scared of. I think as a trader, you need to actually embrace it and, you know, use that as a positive, you know, use it as something that you can reinforce, you know, some of your principles and your, your process more than using it as something like, oh, my word, oh, I'm not going to eat tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 but it does get to that because you, you know, you get to, to do these tilts, tilting and, uh, and it's not pretty. So, yeah, I mean, that's my advice. I think, you know, it's often someone, sometimes it's good to have a mentor, someone to talk to you, to tell you, right, Michael, you've done this again. You know, this is something that you know that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't take stock into the auction. You shouldn't be doing this. You're losing money at this time of day. Stop. Or you're saying, right, it's a public holiday. This, the JSC is going to be dead or wherever you're trading. It's going to be rather not trade on a day where you know it's quiet. Oh, okay, you know, be you. there. Get there. 
go to a pool where there's fish. Don't fish in a you know in a little pond where there's nothing. You know, you want to be fishing when there's you know things are jumping around. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. right. And uh, I think uh, it was Larry Height on, on on Market Wizards when he said, um, I can't remember who exactly, but he said uh, mm-hmm. one of the biggest advantages for 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 retail traders is that they don't have to play all the time and recognizing when not to play yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is rather quite important. And you know, to your point, when on on, on uh, um, getting news uh, to getting used to taking losses. I was chatting with a friend of mine that, uh, you know, I'm so glad that I started trading the the uh, um, equity CFDs with just a string of losing trades because, you know, I got to learn more than if I, you know, started with a with a run of of, um, of winning trades and you you could get a false sense of con- uh, false co- confidence in 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 the process, especially uh, in in trending markets like we have right now. Um, yeah. How how. Can you can talk us through um, what is a, pro, uh, a proprietary or a prop firm and how does it work internally? So a prop firm is basically, um, you know, it's, it's they, they, you'll get facilities to, to be able to trade. So you'll get uh, often uh, they'll provide you with a, 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 the platforms that are required to trade quite quickly because prop, prop trading is quite a quick intraday scalp. I mean, most of us don't hold positions over, I don't know, we'll hold things very short, short period of time. So it's in and out. So you need quite a quick system, provide you with a system and then a payout structure. So basically you'll rent your desk. You'll often put down money as collateral. Um, so they'll give you gearing and they'll give you higher gearing uh, so you can you know, play bigger. And, um, and as you get better and better, you monitor on your performance and sort of can get more and more capital and then you'll get you know, pay it out monthly on terms of what you make. Um, there'll be a profit shares uh, associated with, with, with depending what what prop firm you have. So that generally is how most prop firms operate. There are one or two different guys who who will you know potentially train you up uh, and then uh, back you, but you your profit share will probably be a bit less uh, than if you back yourself. Oh, okay. Um, I think, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I, I got it. I got it. Um, and and um, you know, is 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 it um like are all the trades intraday or um some of the traders in the, in the prop firm take a longer term view uh, or like swing trade or just to ride the trend? So yes. So so there. I mean, there are different there are different types of strategies and traders around, but we do like so some of us will hold them in our CFD books. Um. But I think so. The the prop trading is quite nice in terms of like on the day. That's it. It's like you know, ref blows the whistle and then five o'clock it's done. Close our positions. You know, we start again tomorrow. Uh, we cheese on the field. Kick off at nine. Let's go. You know, so uh, in some the strategies that we like to do is to watch sellers, big sellers, big buyers, and price action on the day. That's sort of the focus of of where where we like specialize in and. Um, yeah, so that's it's quite tricky because you need to make an, a mental adjustment between on the day and you know what's what's happening your weekly time frame or your you know your 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 monthly view or something like that it can be often uh, distorted from the you know the day to day fluctuation. No, oh, okay, yeah, I suppose uh, from a psychological perspective, it's. It, 
though it's hard to trade in today, but uh, it's psychologically easy because you know, you know, at, at, at ten to five, the, the, all the trades mm-hmm. are gonna come to an end, <laughs> as opposed to 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 holding yeah. trades overnight and, and that sort of thing. For sure. The one thing about a day trade is you can uh, you can see pain, or you can see like you can see if someone's blowing their breakfast. So what I mean by that is. If someone's selling at some ridiculous price, it's like a fund or there's someone that needs to get out, you know, so they don't care about the price. <laughs> uh, or same if someone's short. So, for example, I mean, Capitik actually came out today with, with a decent trading update. Uh, yeah, actually very decent numbers. And um, Capitik's renowned for guys shorting it. So, I mean, it didn't actually behave like I thought it was going to be, but often because the, there's such a short interest, I mean, I think you saw in GameStop and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. When stocks are shorted and the short float's small, and you know there's a lot of traders looking at valuations because Capitec is on a high PE, um, you end up getting these drastic moves. So you can see pain on the day of someone short or long. So that's that's sort of what we thrive and we look where there's blood and we check where you know guys are in pain and we make them squeeze. So in a way, I'd say it's a bit of a blood sport uh, also <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm assuming you've traded outside of a, a prop a prop firm before. Um, it, what's what's yeah. the what are some of the key differences? And would you say uh, trading in a prop firm is better than just trading on your own, or trading on your own is better? And what are the like advantage and, and disadvantage of either? Look, I think it's always useful to have more eyes on on the market. Uh, so when you're sitting in a prop you know prop firm with a few guys around. Um, it is useful. Uh, it's nice to also like get a bit more affirmation or like someone else to, to make sure that you're not crazy, that you're seeing the right things. Uh, and, but yeah, I think it's been interesting because in this day and age, uh, you know, with, after the COVID and stuff, okay, you know, guys, you should pretty much trade from anywhere. You just need to be part of like a, a virtual trading floor, you know, a couple of guys that you know. So, yeah, I think it's it's all about the individuals that you associate yourself with. And, you know, if there are a few traders that you respect and they often call it right and their win ratios are good, it's, it is useful. I think that's the benefit about being, you know, being in a in a prop firm because, you know, a lot of the guys are quite specialized and pretty decent in what they do. Yeah, yeah, because trading is is a lone journey. Um, you, you, it can get lonely yeah. in the space. <laughs> Very, not, not, uh, Very lonely. Yeah, because yeah, uh, the success rate in our industry is very, very low. Um, it's very, very hard to find yeah. uh, good people to to associate yourself with. Correct. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, I, I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were saying? Oh no, I, I do find uh, quite a. There's quite a nice community, or there you can find quite a decent community uh, of, of guys on Twitter. Uh, once you siphon through all the rubbish or some of the new oaks making money, uh, there's one or two like good stalwarts out there who, who are like, I would, yeah, that I think are pretty decent to, to actually. They've got some sound like uh, advice out there, yeah. so you can find them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I follow um, Storm Trading on, on, on Twitter and I'm not sure if, if it's you or somebody else. Um, but for, for, for the most part, uh, at least the charts that have been posted on Twitter are up. Purely just price action, no technical, technical indicators, yeah. No, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, yeah. no, no Christmas tree looking like charts. Um, what what is yeah. your personal approach to to the market, and how do you define your edge? You know, I think I think 
it's it's constantly it's constantly adapting. Uh, I think you've got to adapt to different conditions. So I think at the moment, you know, you you know, technical analysis obviously gets you you know sort of on the right train no matter what and ignores all the noise. I think shutting out the noise is quite important. But you know, for example, on a day like today, uh, you had quite hot CPR data coming out of the out of the states. So you, you know, fundamentally, then you know, <clears throat> obviously that that's that's you know got gold going but today so it's it's i think it's what my edge would be what i'd say is like trying to adapt to what's you know what's important on the day um and i think what's what what for me obviously trumps all is price action now that's what i think we focus on and it's quite difficult sometimes when you put bloomberg on and all this news coming out and various things that the world's going to end soon you know you get swayed um, so the price action will tell you and you will know immediately that that's probably the bearer of where, where the <laughs> stock's going to end or where some of the price is going to end. So I think I'd try to stick to that. I wish I actually sometimes didn't have CNBC on and all that stuff because it definitely, I can say, 100% hasn't helped me um, at all in terms of trading. It's actually ended up getting me into a view. Watching the watching the price action, so I'd say I like to use all three, but um, price action is the main one that we focus on, uh, and then technical analysis is nice when you when you pull out the chart to a bigger picture to see right what am I on the right trend here, because you know, mm-hmm. that's also important. No, oh, okay, yeah. and uh, how much does your your your, your trading being influenced by 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 you know as you, to to as you say by you know the fundamentals and the news and, and all that noise and Twitter, um, how much is your trading being influenced by the fundamental aspect of it and how much of it uh, um, is 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 technical and price action? So so as I said, like things changing all the time. So so currently, probably over the last little while, um, technically things I would say apply a lot more. So I'd say probably. Maybe 50, 60% technically. Uh, then obviously, you know, price action with the rest. And then fundamentals at the moment have gone out the window. Uh, I think, you, you know, if you follow fundamentals and, and watching actually exactly how things are recovering from COVID, and, you know, it's all got to do with uh, central banks and the potential of where interest rates are going to go going forward. So, you know, that's until there's a normalization of interest rate environment and people actually work out what's going on in the, you know, the crypto space and, and actually how far these central banks are going to go there, you know, your value investors dead. <laughs> you know, these guys, you can't actually, the fundamentals don't actually unfortunately add up. Um, so I would say that is probably four or 5%. And I would only look at fundamentals when there's a data point, like the CPI that came out and something is a big shift or catalyst. Um, that can change it and then bring the fundamentals back. Um, and ho- ho- I think, unfortunately, I think the only thing that will bring them back is a crash or something that, you know, which I can't see that happening for a while <laughs> at the moment because there's, you know, there's nothing really. We'll see there's going to be a slew of, you know, bank earnings and stuff coming out tomorrow and, and over the next week and a few of the big banks reporting. But until you see something change there, um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't short it. When results are coming in uh, and, or ending seasons is coming in, um, do you stay away from the market or do you trade through uh, um, um, that earnings volatility? Um, 
Yeah, so on the JSC, I went, you know, trade through it. Um, I, I, I tried to. So, I mean, like, obviously, you, you'll get a trading update. So, like, an expectation of, you know, where things should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would, you know, often we, we do trade the numbers. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I do think they are a bit riskier plays. Uh, and I think it's for, you know, for us who have been, been around and watched them quite quickly, we get in and out, you know. So, I can turn it along into short, into long, quite quickly. Um, so yeah, we do like to trade those earnings announcements, and there's there's different ways to play them. You know, um, I think it's got a lot to do with positioning. You know, so I was saying earlier, if guys are short or long, so you know, often we, you can see with how the market's positioned, and if they do miss, you know, the guy said that the market prices everything in, but sometimes they they don't. So okay. That's who can uh, actually make some money. Oh, okay, got you, got you. And um, in in your opinion, what what makes a successful trader, and and what what what's the uh, um, the main cause or the main driver of such a high failure rate um, uh, in 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 trading financial markets? Because from from a mechanical point of view, it's not like being a surgeon. Trading is relatively easy; just you know, a few clicks here and there. But with a job so easy, why is it so difficult to to make a success out of it? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, jeez, uh, I think, I think it's like you know, I think it's like being a professional sportsman all the time, pretty much. I think you look at like a Nadal and all these guys; they never let their guard down, you know. So it, you need to be at your peak fitness mentally every single day. And I think if you, you know, if you keep up your fitness, you manage to to win because it is all about <laughs> winning, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I think if you keep that intensity up, and that's the thing is you can't keep that intensity up all the time. So that's when you need to know you're going to take a break. If you see yourself burning out or you're over-trading or you're risking too much or you're, you know, at the end of the month, you're down, um, you know, you've got to reset and realize, you know, some of the best pros, they take a break. You know, Michael Jordan... These guys just take a bit of a sabbatical, you know. So if you, it's it's about keeping mentally fit, mentally fit, mentally agile, um, and that I guess is from you know being disciplined, you know, doing your same thing every single day, putting the same trade on, you know, getting out of a trade that's going against you, and uh, yeah, keeping yourself, keeping your confidence up. That's I guess what what keeps you going. Uh, um, can you can you you mentioned risk there? Uh, can you take talk me through your 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 uh, um, risk management methodology or risk management strategy? So it's pretty simple. I mean, I think you, as I said, you need to get come to terms with what you're prepared to lose on a trade. Um, and I think you should look at your entry and exit exit points. So you could say like, right, I'm prepared to lose. If I enter this trade, I'm I'm going to lose twenty percent, but I can make eighty percent. So. I mean, that's quite a, that's a very good risk reward, but I like to, you know, make sure that what I'm risking of my capital, I can often make more in it mm-hmm. and that I can never draw into it. So if, as long as the risk reward is over, you know, your 50%, 60%, um, then, you know, you're putting yourself the odds in your favor and that you know that, you know, you've got your, your defined parameters of your, of your trade. I think making sure that your risk and your reward is right. So you don't enter a trade just because it's dropped or the stock's dropped X amount, you know? Yeah. You've got to actually look and see, right, I'm going to risk X amount because I can see that I can go here. And I think once you've defined that, it can be different for any different asset class or anything from Bitcoin to Ethereum to 
whatever. Um, but you, you know, and I think that's where technical analysis does help because you can clearly establish your risk, risk parameters. And once you can define your risk reward, then you can see and you find out all those setups like that. And those are the trades that you enter because you know that you've got like defined parameters. No, okay, got you. And um, do you do you do you, do you uh, search a stop on yourself uh, um, to say if I lose say ten percent on the ten uh, percent of my account equity on on the day, you know that's it for the day. I, I, we'll see tomorrow. Or uh, um, do, do you do you have those limits in, uh, on, on yourself? I, I do. I do have a limit, but uh, it's terrifying. I couldn't even go through them uh, without even knowing, especially on the JSC because uh, of the liquidity. You know. All of a sudden, you've, <laughs> you're trying to get out and the stock's just dropped again. So, yeah, I do. I do have, uh, you know, max losses that I like to adhere to. But um, you need to be very careful because, you know, you need to check the liquidity on the markets. Because, yeah. you know, things if there's big sellers or big buyers, especially in emerging markets, like they can distort the price quite quickly. That's why I'm saying your first loss is often your best loss, you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do. Getting back to what you said, I do. I said a max stop loss, uh, um, and yeah, I, I often, I often find once it's hit you, just leave the desk and go for, go for a run, or go, go get away <laughs> from the screen. Yeah, yeah I got you. Um, uh, and and you 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 you, comp- you you talk a lot about liquidity, especially in in in, in a local market. I suppose less so in, in the U.S. market because their market is quite bigger than ours. Um, uh, and I'm assuming that uh, it's, it's because you're probably swinging a, a quite a big line. Um, how, how much do you factor in when, when you uh, sorting out your risk on the trade and, and that sort of thing? How, how much do you factor in moving the market itself or your position size isn't, you try to keep your position yeah. size not so, so big that it moves the market? So that's that's getting back to, you know, you, one of the biggest things that we do at the end of the day uh, is just look where the big volumes are in the market. So I think, for example, today, um, you know, a lot of the NASPERS, MTN had a massive day. Uh, so I look for all the stocks that have done big volume. So if you've got stocks that have done big volume, as a trader, even if you're a decent-sized trader, you you should be able to, you know, get in and out to right. So that, those are the, you know, you look for the top, I look for the top 10 stocks and, and you want to be playing in that space. So then in terms of getting back to you saying, it's pretty easy to get out. The small caps are a bit challenge, more challenging, you know, so uh, I would say like Tongart or EOH or all those guys, you know, sometimes you won't be able to get your full if you're playing, you know, playing a bit bigger. Um, but in America, it's it's really easy. Um, you know, Apple, Facebook, these things are massively liquid. Uh, you know, even even I was saying that RGS uh, Capital, RGS Capital, uh, you know, the market snapped up all that stock, you know, and it was massive. The guy was huge. So in the States, it's a different game. In emerging markets or trading, JC, you've got to be a bit more careful about uh, if you're a bigger player. It's, um, but yeah, for us, for day trading, you know, some of the hedge fund stuff is a bit harder to get out, but most of our you know, guys' day books are pretty easy. Okay, got you, got you. Uh, um, and with the benefit of hindsight, man, what's the one advice that you, when you first started trading, that you got and you thought it was great advice, but um, now that you're older and wiser and smarter, was actually a terrible advice that you got? I think the worst advice would probably be, you know, listening to rumors. I think, you know, you have rumors out there in the market or some guys, you know, tell you, ah, so-and-so or, 
aspens coming up. I think often that's probably been the worst thing. I mean, I've listened to, you know, rumors. I used to listen to like, okay, I'm going to try and like get on something before it's happened. Uh, and you just get crushed. Eh? So, <laughs> so I'd say just be careful. Like with, uh, I'd say that's probably some of the worst things. But when I was new, I was trying to look for like, you know, penny stocks or like a quick buck here or something to make like quick money. And, you know, often it's, you know, it'll pay off once, but at the, I wish I had just watched the price action before, you know, just, just rather obeying that rather than uh, trying to make a quick buck on some potential, you know, sort of insider trader type deal. You know? this is the, <laughs> these are the things that you mustn't, you mustn't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and lastly, man, um, what, what, what are the in, in your 10, 11 years uh, experience? What are some of the greatest books that you've um, read and that that is that is fundamentally uh, um, shifted how you you know? Turned you into a successful trader now. Um, so one of the books we actually lucky enough the guy who's the author of it, Mike Bellafore, uh, he did a book called One Good Trade. He actually came to our office and actually like helped a lot of us out. We actually, he actually mentions us in the book. Uh, that's that's one of the good trade, really really good books there from SMB Capital in New York. Yeah. Um, actually, so it's that's One a, Good Trade. Yeah, that's a book I'm I'm currently uh, going through at the moment. Yeah, so Mike Belafora, we actually we know him quite well, and he was here with us. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, I think that that books, you know, in terms of prop trading and you know trading in general, has got the real really good principles. You know, like just you know focusing on your next good trade, your next good risk reward setup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that uh, I'd say that reminisce of the stock operator was a good one. Um, and then. I'm trying to think of other really good ones that I was, I was conjuring up. Actually, you know, I really enjoy, um, uh, it's, it's not to do with trading, but uh, Atomic Habits. It's called a book called Atomic Habits. Yeah. Uh, by, I don't remember. Uh, that's right, yeah. And I've found, you know, that I've only read it like recently, but I found that's actually, you know, something that a really, really good thing in terms of your association with your habits, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that for me is actually also, the, you know, giving me a bit of a epiphany. Because as a trader, I find even though, like, obviously you've been involved for quite a few, 10 years or so, but you're constantly learning and evolving and getting better, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'd say even, you know, those are... The, the mental aspects to all those books are, are really, really pertinent to, to, to the trading as well. Yeah. 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 And I think at Atomic Habits is, is, is one of, it's, it's one, like it's one non-trading book that I would recommend to, to, to traders because it, it, it really, really does. Yeah. That, you know? And uh, also does, yeah, for sure. stock operators is amongst my favorite uh, yeah. uh, books of all yeah. time. Yeah. It's a good one there. Yeah, and, and lastly, man, how, how does one get into a prop firm who, who, who wants to, to trade within a prop firm? What's the, the process there? So, so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's different for different firms at the moment. Um, I think getting into to a prop firm, I think, you know, the best way to get in is, is when they do offer a program. I remember when I first got here, they were offering a program. So they'd like have a couple of guys that they do start training up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the world has changed a lot. You know, I think being in a prop firm or being on a virtual trading floor, you know, I think the whole thing is the power of association. As a new guy starting out, it is difficult because there's a lot to learn in terms of your risk management and 
you know, how do you make money and stuff like that. But yeah, I think um, I think you just keep knocking <laughs> on guys' doors, and you find you you find the right setup, the right team of guys that will that will you know help you get to the next level and try to become the best trader you can. Yeah, no, Mike, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we cool. can park it here unless you have uh, something to add. Absolute pleasure, brother. Yeah, it was great. And yeah, great chatting. Yeah, uh, that's it for the show this week. Thank you for hanging with us. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Shooter Podcast by subscribing our favorite podcatcher. We everywhere with good podcasts are aggregated. Uh, do join us this evening. Simon Brown and myself follow the trader. Uh, we're trading live CFD with uh, Think Markets. Uh, 5.30, link to that in the show notes below. Anyway, thank Mike's. thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. Check you next time with The Village Trader. Cheers.